0: Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com.
1: Let's uh, spend a moment in silence and solitude as we center ourselves to hear from God's Word, from the heart of God, speaking directly to ours. Let's exhale. All the ruminating automatic thoughts that really weigh us down and many times attack our sanity. If you need the Lord, tell him right now, boy do I need him. And inhale the sweet presence of God and the promise that when we surrender and supplicate our anxieties and our toxic thoughts that he'll give us peace. Jesus Calling, September 18th, Sarah Young. Seek to please me above all else. Let the goal, let that goal be your focal point as you go through this day. Such a mindset will protect you from scattering your energy to the winds. The free will I bestow upon you with awesome responsibility. Each day, presents you with the choice after choice. Many of these decisions you ignore and thus make by default without a focal point to guide you. You can easily lose your way. That's why it's so important to stay in communication with me, living in thankful, awesome presence. You inhibit a fallen, disjointed world where things are constantly unraveling around the edges. Only a vibrant relationship with me can keep you from unraveling too. All God's, we will pray, Amen. Welcome Welcome. those who join us today in person Mm -hmm. and online. Uh, Let's put this picture up here. Um, So sometimes I like to flirt with my wife in the city. Don't worry, it's just G-rated, okay? It's not any, it's it's not crazy, all right? We're just outside, and if I see her on the street, you know, with people in the community i just go hey can i get your phone number and you're like that's so dad like that's so corny (laughs) you know why'd you even tell this is so cringe well you know this song hey i just met you uh this is crazy here's my number call you know call me maybe that was a hit i don't know like a decade ago some of you might not even know it but um this whole idea of calling why do we call i used to call my wife she was a friend in college tell someone just a friend seriously just a friend and when just being friends wasn't enough i had to you know i had to kind of work through my own heart my own feelings and i would call her sometimes finding myself Calling made simple. I would call her and be like, hey, do you wanna study? And I never studied. Like, I'm just smart, you know? I just, no. I I already studied and I said, hey, do you wanna study? Which is a lie. Hey, you wanna go to the diner and study? And my wife was completely pure about it, platonic about it. Yeah, I actually need to study. So slow, right? But calling was never the end. It was the means. A lot of times people confuse the idea of calling, and Stu will be speaking more about the occupation side of calling in a few weeks. But I want to make calling made simple because so many people confuse this. Calling is never the end. It's the means. What's what's the end of calling when you call someone? Fellowship, intimacy, relationship. When you want to get to know someone, you call them or call upon them, right? This is why we got married. She thinks I'm funny. No one else thinks so, but she thinks, thank you. <laughs> and the whole idea of this passage in in John 1 is that framework. What happens if you don't have a phone or you can't text someone? You can't call them. How do you get to know them? Well, that's what this text is talking about. If you look at the conversation between Jesus and his first disciples, it's actually not very spiritual at all. It's actually very pragmatic. The disciples actually call upon Jesus before we traditionally understand the idea of spiritual calling. So let's go to this text. I want to show you how calling, I want to distill calling into a simplistic framework so that you today could understand it and answer it. Amen? So when we go to John 1 verse 37, when the two disciples heard him say this, which is John the Baptist testifying about who Jesus was, they followed Jesus. Verse 38, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what what does the text say? Tell someone, ask someone next to you, what do you want? Right? If someone came to you in the street and was looking at you like this, what would you say? Why are you looking at me? Jesus was like, this is the first time they met. Jesus' disciples. A, A lot of people think calling is, like a prophetic vision from the sky and God calling your name, kind of like Samuel. But in the New Testament idea framework, Jesus calling or the idea of God's calling, is actually very practical. And calling is seen here in the context of relationship. And Jesus says, what do you want guys? And then they say rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? That's kind of creepy the first time they met where are you staying well because there's no phone they don't write yet right there's no way to communicate because where are you staying we're going to crash right where are you staying and if jesus said they didn't want to spend time jesus would have said get lost right no what does jesus say this is the most powerful line i think in the new testament verse 39 Come, he, what did he say? Come, he replied, and what? And you will see. Tell someone next to you, come, and you will see. Come and see. Come and see, which translated Ebonics in 21st century is come hang out. Come hang out. Calling distilled, made simple, in the very beginning, Of a relationship is come hang out there are many of you in this room watching online who are just hanging out at church right you're not committed to jesus you're trying to figure this thing out who is jesus why is my significant other swear to him and worship him i don't get it and why do they sing these songs all the time for 30 minutes before and you're just coming to hang out trying to understand what's going on you're answering the call in many ways, just like the disciples were. Come, he says, come and see. Where are you staying? Come and see. Calling makes simple. You want to distill the idea of calling. That's what you have to understand. It's not the end, it's the means. It's to getting to know Jesus, it's to getting to know God personally. Not the idea of calling, but God Himself. Let's put this picture up here. So as we started our community in the beginning, we would just tell people, here's Nathan, I think he's like, I don't know, he's five. He's really cute here. I don't know what happened to him. Now he's like a rocker. Punk rocker. Did I fail as a parent? No. <laughs> but if you if you look at this picture, it's like. People sometimes we just say hey come hang out. Which you just hey we're having this we're having this get together. Just come. And the people who annoy me the most when I say come are the real scheduled jays. they need to know like what's going to happen there. Like what are we doing? Shut up, just hang, come hang out. You know? Just 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 come. But, but like what time? Does it matter? Time is relative. Just come to the house. Because Jesus doesn't say what time. Jesus doesn't say what they'll do. It's not very detailed instruction, come and see. Doesn't say what they're gonna do. And some of you here like, oh, you need like a schedule, even with your friends. Here's what we're gonna eat, here's a menu. Can you send me a menu? Oh, come on, please, stop it. Relax, tell someone next to you, relax, please. My wife hates that, by the way, when I tell her relax. She's like, what? But if you look at the passage, Jesus says, come hang out. A lot of times we just tell people in the beginning of the church, hey, just come hang out. And people would come together and you go, well, what do you do? Nothing. The best sitcoms in history are based on shows on what? Nothing. There's no schedule. It's just life. So what do you basically do when you hang out? Well, in Jewish culture, if you went into the house of a friend, and that's very intimate, they would recline together. They would sit on the floor, most like an Asian context, and they would recline and eat food and talk. And even food is not the end, right? And the idea of hospitality, the whole idea of eating together is fellowship. It, it's an intermediary. It helps you break through the awkwardness. How many people here awkward? Where do you you're awkward? Very few if you are awkward. If you're really, yeah. If you're not awkward, you're you're basically weird. Because you're like, well, you know, I'm just really like well put together, and I know what to say in every conversation, and I don't have any pauses. Yes, people think you're weird. You're annoying. Because. You're overcompensating. The whole point of real relationship is, yes, there are awkward silences. There are times where we don't know what to talk about until we hit it on the nail and we hit a subject that interests us. And then what? We start flowing. Right? First states is all about, oh, 90% is like, I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this girl. Oh, that interests you? That's profound. Oh, this guy's not that superficial. This guy knows something, and you're interested. In the whole context of hanging out, that's what it is. Calling distilled is entering into a relationship with Jesus and getting to know him. And that's what we do when we hang out together, right? We eat dinner, and then at midnight, we go to the diner. But the point is not to eat, the point is to fellowship. The point is to talk together. So first, if you wanna make distill calling into a simplistic framework, what's the idea? Here's what calling is not. Read it with me, calling is what? Calling is not a pull to what? Anything specific per se, but rather what? Just an invitation. Calling can't be particularly this real misunderstood idea of occupation. A lot of people tell me, God called me to be a missionary. You sure? Yeah, I know, God wants me to go to Africa. And then my first question is, a lot of times, especially like 25 years ago, are you really really like Jesus Person's like yeah because for me I went to a mission trip for the first time in my life in in Kazakhstan and I realized something I could never be a missionary and I was like I'm much holier than these guys because there were no toilets and I really like toilets I realized and because Kazakhstan seven largest landmass in the world even though it's really big population, really small. Therefore, convenience stores and water irrigate really irregular. No Diet Coke at all. And on my mission trip I realized there's no ice water. Just everything is hot. They boil everything. Although there's a, you have to take cold showers, no hot water. Go figure, right? There was a point, literally, I'm telling you honestly. And I'm really holy at 19 here. Okay? Maybe not that holy, but I would have sold my soul to the devil for ice water. I would have, I'm serious. And I was like, Lord, when people say, you know, I'm called to something, they, they, they picture this fantastical, delusional fantasy about how God's going to use them. And a lot of times people are very disappointed by the end. Because really it's about you, calling is not about you. It's like, it's not. Jesus calls you not to an occupation or, or a job, like being a doctor. Some people, I mean, it drives me crazy when people say, God called me a doctor. I'm like, that's your goal in life, to be a doctor? We have a lot of doctors here and they hate it. One time we're hanging out, one doctor's like, I gotta go to work. I'm like, bye. They wanted to stay in fellowship. I mean, this whole idea is misguided, folks. God doesn't call you to something specific because if you don't know him, how could he speak to you about something specific? It begins small, and it's a relationship. And out of that relationship, things flow. So calling is not a pull to anything specific per se, but rather just an invitation. And that's my question today. Are you in relationship walking with Jesus? Just in his presence. The whole point of Sarah Young's devotional, Jesus Calling, sold 50 million copies, is that idea distilled every day. Jesus calling you today. Jesus calling you in the humdrum, everyday life. Not to something hyperbolic or fantastical, but today, as you drink your coffee in the morning. You know one of the most powerful statements in in um, David Brooks' book Second Mountain. He says, after achieving New York Times best-selling author multiple times, after you know becoming well-known New York Times op writer. He says that success led him to the path of despair because he thought life was about him and success. And then he realized the more success he achieved, the the lonelier he got in his life. And he said that in his divorce with his wife, because he was never home, never saw his kids, he says as they divorced and he was home eating peanut butter jelly sandwich by himself, you realize what he missed most in life was those moments when his kids were just teenagers just staying you know, by the fridge, in transition, going to the bathroom, just talking. And he realized that the most significant parts of life that he's missed because of success were those humdrum moments with his kids. Still in the house, walking in their PJs, and he missed it. And he said, I grieve that the most in my life. A lot of times for a lot of Christians who fall into this fallacy of a romanticized calling, what we're going to miss and what we're going to regret is the everyday stuff, the humdrum stuff, where the father calls us to himself but we missed it because we think he was calling us to something bigger than that. Calling can't be about a job. Calling is about his relationship and love for us as a father. So I want to encourage you today to check in with your Father, your Heavenly Father. To hear how He loves you. He just wants to hear the stupid things going through your head today. Amen? So let's move here, calling made simple. He says, come, He replied, and you will see. Verse 39, so they went and saw where He was staying. And they spent... The day with him. Everybody read that part together. They what? They spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. A lot of times, what is a church service? For us, it's an hour and 15 minutes where you hear the Word of God, where we sing. That is not going to change your relationship or your walk with God. That's not calling or discipleship in any form. Next week I'm gonna talk about discipleship made simple. The disciples' life changed in dramatic fashion because there was a collision of life to life. Tell someone next to you, collision. What is collision? It's the rough part of life. It's when people come with us on vacations and they see me snap at my kids. And I snap at my wife, and I snap at everybody because I'm hungry. And my wife and my kids are trying to feed me. Here, you eat something, please, please. And then everybody who's watching is like, is this what happens every day? Yes, this is what happens every day at home. It's, it's, it's really going behind the curtain of people you think are a certain way, but then you realize they're just human. They're just like you. Life change cannot happen unless There's friction and you live life together because if you don't do that, you become selective in what you choose and you don't. Jesus spent the whole day. It's not like he made an appointment, I have 30 minutes. This is not Wall Street and it's not a corporation. It's not here, I'm gonna manage my time. They wasted time together. wasted time together and if you look at church history why the disciples were the most powerful figures in the 21st century there is no rival any leader jesus has no rival he is the one and only that's what john stott said and those 12 men were responsible for changing the world why because they actually spend time with jesus because you can impress people from afar but you could really only impact him up close. That's the idea of calling with Jesus. You have to walk with Jesus. That's calling made simple. They were called to what? Come come to hang out and they dwelled together. They spent time together. And look, it was about four in the afternoon. So I mean, they went all the way to to, to tonight to midnight or early in the morning. The truth is, if you're on a date and you don't want to keep talking, end it quickly. Get one of those emergency phone calls from your girlfriend and get out. Am I like misreading this? I haven't been on a date for a long time. But I mean, it, the whole point of an intimate relationship is you don't want to stop talking to them. You don't want to stop laughing and you don't want to go you don't want to leave their presence. That's when real transference takes place. So, check this out. What is calling made simple here? Here's a lesson. Calling what? Read it with me, apart from the usual, sentimentality it's more or less just an invitation to relationship. Relationship with God. (laughs) That's it. Here, put this picture up here. One of the things my wife had to get used to when she married me was most of the married men today at my house until 3 a.m. and making noise and um, screaming and laughing. My wife would yell at us a lot of times when we were in college. "Um, Can you please keep your voice down? There's a baby in the house. And we were like, why? We, we literally did live life together, and a lot of people who changed, I've seen in my life, I've walked with, are people that I actually walked with, did real life together. I remember Henry one time, and this is Josh, but he changed a diaper with a Clorox wipe. <laughs> he said, well, you're not supposed to do that? Well, I saved him a lot of trouble from his own marriage. Without this, this type of friction, without this type of uh, real life to life, there isn't transformation that, that can happen. And now he is a champ. He's like a father of the year now. He knows not to do that. This is why for 180, we, cre- we try to create spaces to fill in the gaps of our own walk with God by creating applications to fill these gaps of our discipleship and our walk with God. That's why we create spaces like the retreat, right? The retreat, why the retreat is powerful is not because of any content we talk about, it's because of the proximity. Tell someone next to you, proximity. It's the proximity, it's not what I'll talk about, that's, honestly, it's gonna be my last time preaching at the retreat. We're paying for a speaker now. I almost died doing those for the last decade, trying to save money. No, but it's not, it's, it's really not the, the format, it's the proximity, you can't run away at the retreat. If you have conflicts, you have to deal with it. Playing board games at night, together, playing Monopoly, that'd bring out the worst in you and the best of you. But it's the interchange of life to life. The time spent that grows you closer together. That's why we do retreats like that. It's not to give you some kind of information. If we wanted to give you information, I'll make a video. Be like, watch this. Do a 15 minute TED talk five times. Be much easier, much cheaper. No, that's why we create those spaces. Why we do small groups is so that not you just talk about the message, it's that you live the message through friction. By rubbing shoulders with life to life, hanging out. In our community, most people who come to Christ, who come to know Jesus, who answer that call, it's through small groups. Because it's, again, the power is in the proximity. When two or three gather in Jesus' name and they really are transparent, magic happens. The power of God happens. Jesus says he'll be among them. When two or three gather in my name, I'll be with them. That's why we do those spaces. Life groups, why we want you to hang out with people who are married and have kids is because we want you to see that they're not just, you know, these put together people with sexy jobs. They're idiots. That we're just people trying to make it happen in the city and you need to see this non-glossy up version. and we want you to be at people's houses late and impose. Who cares about being, you know, rude or not? If you're not rude, your life is not changing. It, when life to life gets there, and, and really, that's when you change. When you see people's lives and you invite people into their lives. That's what Jesus did. Jesus invited the disciples into his life. He didn't schedule them by appointments. It was messy and beautiful at the same time. That's what we're trying to reproduce. Some of the married women in our church went on a trip, leaving all their husbands with their kids. Yeah, now they want to do it like three times a year. I was like, what? <laughs> and the other husband's like, what? And I heard, and I helped them plan the trip. And, and some of the ladies are like, why are we going to Toronto? They're like, I don't know. Why are we going to Toronto? I have no idea, but I'll go. As long as there are no kids there. They go on a plane to another country. I messed up my wife's custom forms. I, I, I actually uh, checked the boxes where it says that she was carrying guns. <laughs> <laughs> and $15,000 in cash, over from I made her sound like a drug dealer. Uh, and it, it was weird, yes, it's was very, very, um, I was writing my book at that time, I don't know what I was doing, but uh, you know, she, she, they're like, do you have guns? She's like, no, do you have money? No, but the whole point wasn't, they, they didn't care where they were going, right? The point is not a trip, the point is the trip me- intermediates it creates a focal point for a relationship. And they were there in the hotel lounge and I heard many of them say, just crying, trying to control their tears. Hey, this is the lounge, okay? I hold it in a little bit. Talking about life to life. And I heard it was transformative, powerful. And they just sat in a fancy hotel drinking champagne. Well, some some of them couldn't because they're pregnant, but I mean, I want to help you today to try to really de-spiritualize calling. And let's start with the basic steps. It's an invitation. It's not anything specific. You don't need to commit at all. If you meet Jesus like the disciples did, and you meet the people who are actually in the presence of Jesus, then it's going to affect you in a powerful way, and you're going to feel the presence of God. That's what Paul tells us in the epistles. He says very clearly, you are my living letters. You are what? The aroma of Christ. What does that mean? You're so close to Jesus that you have this B.O. on you, and you could smell it. So, today I want you to reframe the idea, the spiritualized version of calling, and enter simply to a relationship with God and a relationship with others. In the words of Jesus, come and what? See. That's the gospel. It's not come and believe. Here's the doctrine. Here are the set of laws. Here's what you got to do. Jesus says, come and see. I have no rival. I'm the greatest. He's the real goat, And your life will change. That's calling distilled simply. Let's stand and pray together. Today, I want to invite you to the power of Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice, I will come in and fellowship with them. You know, I love that about... God the Father. He's so gentle and so jolly and so inviting and not demanding. Today, first and foremost, I want to invite you back. Not a a calling into a ministry. I don't want to invite you into a volunteering role, even though we do need volunteers for economic reasons. But I wanna invite you back to the basics. I wanna invite you to a relationship with God. Not a list of things of to do or not do, but just come to the Father. as a child and begin that relationship again. Then I want to invite you to a relationship with others. Yes, (laughs) it's hard to be honest, it's awkward, and vulnerability sucks. Now let me tell you a secret, it's always going to suck. That's okay, because intimacy is worth it. So come to the Father today. Let's make this our prayer today. I Father, we come before you this afternoon. We thank you. A lot of times we confuse calling with discipleship. In discipleship, what I'll talk about next week, has demands, but calling has none. Because calling is an invitation to just a relationship. Today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about your personal relationship with God. Getting to know who Jesus is. And when you meet Jesus, and spend time in His presence and read the Word, you're led and you grow in knowledge of Him and intimacy, which changes everything. So today, if you're a believer and you're tired of the list of the spiritual things you're doing because you feel like that's what calling is, it's not. There's no, there are no demands in calling. It's just from God to walk with God. As a child of God. And I pray today that the Holy Spirit would help you see that the Father loves you and wants you to come messed up and neurotic as possible. Because if you don't come as you are, And you're pretending that you're just wasting time. Like Sarah Young said in today's devotional, we're just wasting energy. He wants to meet us where we're at. Because kids, I raised two of them, they're cranky and angry, the older they get too. I mean, if my son came to me and started praising me, it would only be sarcastically. (laughs) And I I love it when they do that too, but it's weird. If your relationship with God is a performance, then it's not real. If your relationship with God is based on a framework of your own relationship with your parents to please God in a certain way, then you're not being honest. I don't expect my kids to be grateful to be given clothes or Jordans or vacations because they're not grateful for them. Honestly, if they were, they would be weird. Because they're kids. They're learning, they're growing. Today, I want to give you permission in Jesus' name to learn from one of our youngest members in our church. Be like Tilly. When she doesn't get what she wants, she becomes a super saiyan. And she goes, Godzilla mode. If you read the Psalms, that's what what David goes. He goes, "God, God cut off their ancestry. Cut off their biological parts. He's being honest. Many of us are not being honest with God. That's not a real relationship. So go to your prayer closet and start being honest. Because the Father then will pick you up and really be able to speak into you and love you and guide you where you are. And that's what, I want to give you permission to get these spiritual burdens off you today. I want to break them off in Jesus' name and give you the freedom to be a child of His. A bratty child, an angry child, and a hangry child, whatever it is. Then transformation would happen. You'll see. So you bow heads for the benediction today. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.
0: Hi, everyone. Happy Sunday. So glad to see you all here. My name is Haley, and I'm a member here at 180 Church, and I will be sharing some community news with you. First off, let's talk about tithes and offering. If you're a member here at 180 Church, we ask that you continue to keep God at the center of your finances and to tithe faithfully, which you can do using Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. If you're a visitor here with us today, we welcome you to our service, and there's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so with the methods above. Next, we have Bible Reading Group. We have an Instagram handle and a Tumblr page at 180BRG, where you can join us at any time to read the Bible. Feel free to follow along and feed your soul with the word of God. Amen. Next, there are devotionals on sale at the 180 Cafe. They're great to help you get in the habit of praying and connecting with God every day. Sometimes I find it hard to find form the words to pray, but these devotionals have been so helpful and inspirational. They're available at the 180 Cafe, and it's an honor system. So you can purchase them via Venmo or QuickPay. Speaking of prayers, we have our prayer hotline. We invite you to use this resource to ask for prayer for anything or anyone in your life, and it's completely confidential. You can text 5397PRAYER or email prayer at 180church.tv and know that there will be a team praying for you on the other end. Prayers are so powerful and I can't tell you how many times my prayers were heard and answered. So I want to encourage you to get out there and pray and ask for prayer for where two or three are gathered in his name. God is with them. Yes. So let's talk about social media. There, these are the ways you can stay connected with us throughout the week. We have several media outlets from Facebook to Instagram to Dr. Sammy's Twitter page and even our YouTube page. We are very active on social media and there are multiple ways to share the message with your friends and family and also stay connected in the community. Let's not forget about our YouTube live stream. We know that things pop up and it's not always possible to physically attend Sunday service. But not to worry because Sunday service is being live streamed weekly on YouTube. So you never have to miss another service. So say hello to the YouTube viewers. Hello. And it's also a great way to share the gospel with friends and family. Next up is small groups. Small groups are a great way to process what you heard on Sundays with brothers and sisters along the journey of faith. We know that no one is meant to do faith alone, and small groups have been an amazing way to know that we are in this together. It's also a great way to um, get to know each other, grow deeper in in relationship with each other, and reflect and apply sermons to our daily lives. And honestly, it's so much fun. I look forward to it every week, to meet with the group, and... You know we just have fun doing life together so that's great um, adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7 30 p.m. young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7 30 p.m. college fellowship meets on Mondays at 7 30 and if you need any additional info please speak to any of the greeters in 180 shirts or hoodies now this is the exciting one are you are you guys ready okay I I want to introduce 180 merch okay I know you've been all waiting for this it's not exclusive anymore You can purchase your 180 merch at the 180 Cafe. There's a variety of tops in different fabulous colors, all donning the stylish 180 um, emblem and other cool designs. Like some of them have like cool designs on the back. Not mine, but others. Um, So you can get one of those. Uh, After service, you can head straight to the 180 Cafe to purchase your new 180 shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt. And they can be purchased with the same honor system as the devotionals. If you have any questions, you can speak to our merch designer, Andy, wherever he is. Oh, he's in the back. There he is. Um, and he can help you. And I can't wait to twin with all of you once you purchase your merch. <laughs> okay. Next, we have Day in the Sun. Our next Day in the Sun will be on May 15th at 12.30 p.m. We will be meeting at the East Pinetum in Central Park. So be on the lookout for an email to RSVP. Let's pray for beautiful May weather and an awesome time of fellowship. Also, let's start thinking about the people in our lives who we can invite and share the good news with. Uh, Now, for those of you with the heart to serve or feel like you're being led to serve, we have children's ministry. We need volunteers to serve, love, and teach our church's youngest members. They are really doing meaningful and soul-filling work there. My children are learning that they are God's treasures like I told you last time and also my daughter always gets super excited for Sunday school she says oh she loves Sunday school so they're having a good time there Um, they are building relationships and growing up in this community feeling loved and known and that's really special so if you want to be friends with our community's littlest members and be loved by me and other parents go see Michelle Kim or Pastor Lydia for more details Next we have cafe volunteers. Coffee brings me so much joy and I know it brings you guys joy too. So you can share some joy by serving up a cup of coffee before service. No barista skills are required. So if you wanna serve or impress people with your latte art, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. And lastly, we have greeting volunteers. Who doesn't love a friendly face when they walk in? I know everybody does. And if you wanna be that friendly face that brings smiles and makes people feel welcomed, this is for you. If you're interested, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. Now those
1: are all of
2: our announcements we have today.